no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, uh, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. Oh! One more time. Oh! One more time. Welcome to the Barry Centrals. On today's show, we recap the Bears' Week 10 defeat to the Detroit Lions and much, much more. A-Dub, so much for Robitussin, bro. So much for Robitussin. <laughs> I know what you mean, man. I thought we had a chance to pull it out, but unfortunately, it was a tough ending. And Justin, man, he did everything in his power to make it happen. I know all this. You guys are like, bro, that pick six. I know that thing was ugly. It was ugly. <laughs> However, man, you look at what that brother did in that ball game. That offense deserved better than that outcome. The defense, once again, they let us down. But to your point with Justin Fields, that dude just continued, man, to play well outside of that pick six. I mean, he done the best he could with this team, and um, he kept this team in contentions, gave them a lead as well. It just wasn't enough. No. And uh, Cairo Santos, man, you got to hit that extra point, baby. I know you was excited on, on Justin Fields on that run. Justin Fields, he did some incredible things. Shit, I would have been excited. I, my, my adrenaline been pumped. Hit that extra point, bro. Got to hit that extra point, baby. Man, the extra point turned out to be huge in this game here, man. It was the game. <laughs> I don't know how Cairo missed that, but man, bro. My biggest takeaway from this game, A-Dub, is they said that Justin Fields was sitting at his locker in his full uniform, bro, just looking disgusted with the world. This man's over here breaking records, and he was just kind of just pissed off because they lost another game. That says all you need to know about this kid, man. He is tired of losing. And I heard him mention one thing about that pick six as well when he said, hey, that would never happen again, right? He's taking that to heart, you know, by doing that. And he felt they let the team down, you know, uh, when it happened. But it just shows you this kid here, man. He gets it, Perez. He wants to do well. He's willing to put the work in. But he's also, like you said, tired of losing, too. He want to see the W's, man. And he will. He's going to get there. He's going to get there. This season, Justin, brother, you are doing just fine because now I'm hearing, well, Justin Fields will enter the MVP race. That's how well he's fucking playing. So, Justin, you ain't got nothing to hang your head over about, brother. You are putting this team, this city, on your shoulders, brother. And we are here for it. We thank you because we got us a franchise quarterback. And that's something, A-Dub, that I didn't think that I was going to be able to say this so. But we got him. We got one. And here's why I want people to get caught up with the Perez as well, is that I don't want people thinking that because this guy is playing so well that he's not going to make any mistakes at all, right? He's not going to be flawless, right? He can be a friend. All franchise quarterbacks are not flawless, man. So he's going to make some mistakes every blue moon, whatever. But I like what I'm seeing from him, man. The consistency, the bouncing back from making mistakes and doing all the right things. So we got to appreciate that because you're right. This is what franchise quarterbacks go through. They do. There's always ups and downs, you know. But, I mean, I don't know, A-Dub. I look at it like this. We've experienced the bad. We've experienced Poor quarterback play in this in this town. I'm not even talking about Justin. I'm talking about the fact all the quarterbacks that preceded us to get to this moment. I'm not gonna go down that long history because it was a dark history, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I want to focus on the positive here, but to your point, Dub, I agree with you. I think 
We have to just look at this situation that we have in front of us, appreciate it for what it is, stop nitpicking it, because it's easy to do. I was looking on Twitter yesterday during the game, and you still had some people that was going after him for the pick six. And I'm like, yeah, okay, fine, he made a mistake. But what did he do after that? And this is the thing that I always tell people. Hey, what's the response? Justin Fields took that pick six personally, and he went down there on that 67-yard run. Nobody was stopping him. It make up for it. When you run like that and get in that end zone, I mean, he ran. I mean, that speed, that burst, he left those guys and got that touchdown. It was like, this is what you talk about that kid. He put those mistakes behind him in next play mentality. That's what you like about him. But the breakaway speed. I mean, could you imagine if we had a running back that could do that? I mean, Khalil Herbert could do it to a degree. But Justin, you talk about our quarterback got that type of breakaway speed to outrun people to the end zone. Mercy. Ooh, we. <laughs> I know a lot of people are going to be a little upset about the pick six because they're going to feel like we had the game in hand. He threw the pick six and it let the Lions back in the game. I think that was part of it, but the defense has to do their part. Cairo has to hit the extra point. I have felt, A-Dub, that Justin Fields, since that mini bye week, has done a really good job of protecting the football. So yeah. when he threw that pick six to Akuda, who was a guy that you talked about in the preview show, when he threw that pick six to Akuda, I was like, ah, motherfucker. <laughs> that was just a bad play on Justin Fields. He was under pressure for his. He tried to do a little bit too much, and it came back to cost us. But sometimes it happens, but I think he knows better going forward that, hey, get rid of it, man, throw it away. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Now, going into this matchup, you and I were talking on our preview show. And audience, we're sorry that we got that out there late, but we talked about Robotus because he, and listen, we talked about Robotus because me and Ada, we both needed it. We didn't want to have a pod where y'all couldn't understand shit we were saying. So we sorry that it got out there a little late. But hey, we thank all the people that still listen to the show, even after the game started. Man, y'all are great. We 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 are very fortunate to have listeners that we have a because we had hundreds of people that listened to that episode even if we dropped it like after the game started like that's amazing man we appreciate that man those guys still rocking with us even with the late one so appreciate that guys but we get this one out early in the week so y'all don't have to deal with that and our preview shows gonna be out earlier in the week so don't even worry about it but we talked on the preview show about Tevin Jenkins right potentially missing the game. Al-Kadeen Muhammad, we said, was probably going to be doubtful for the game. He was inactive. Tevin Jenkins, when he didn't play in the game yesterday, A-Dub, I was like, damn, I put my foot in my mouth because I definitely was like, oh, there's no way <laughs> he's not going to play. When him and uh, Jalen showed up on the on the injury report, I was like, oh, they'll, they'll play. And you saw that, that Jalen tried to tough it out. But Jalen, he had him a tough little game there, man. I, I think he's playing hurt. <laughs> He's playing hurt because Jalen Johnson does not look like the same Jalen Johnson that we was out here calling lockdown quarter. Hey, Doug. No, speaking of Jalen Johnson, let's start there first, man. I, I I mean, I didn't like what I saw out of him, Chris. Well, if he's injured, then they need to keep him out because he ain't doing us no favors by putting him out there because he even had to leave the game a couple times because of that oblique. So if the guy's not – if he's not healthy, man, keep him on the bench, you know, because at this point in the season, I would hate for him to make some sort of injury worse. You know, like – and if he's going to get beat like that, then throw one of those young guys out there. I'd rather hate to see a guy play at 50 or 60%, you know. And to your point, man, when you have an injury, the one thing you want to do is make it worse. If you keep trotting out there, fighting with these wide receivers, some of them with some nice speed, you're going to end up hurting yourself again, tweaking something. Now you're out longer. So the Bears got to be careful with them going forward. True that. Nikhil Harry, 
was a surprise inactive, at least for me. Velas Jones has been on the inactive list for the last couple of weeks. Kind of feel like Velas Jones in the coach's doghouse, ain't up. <laughs> they trying to figure out how to probably get him back into the game. But at the same time, when you start to add pieces like Nikhil Harry and then also, you know, we got Claypool, it just changes the scope of things. And um, it's going to be a little difficult for him to get back out there, especially after some of his woes right there for his on punt return. Well, speaking of Claypool, I was a little frustrated with uh, Luke Getzey in this game. And we ain't calling you cool here to this episode because I was pissed off because <laughs> I'm ready to see what Chase Claypool could do in this offense. And I don't feel like he was utilized. Like, I understood game one, right? Kind of like getting him in on some of those wide receiver jet sweeps and all that kind of bullshit. I was okay with that. But I thought that he should have been incorporating the game plan a lot more than he was in that game yesterday. Definitely should have been incorporated more in the game, Perez. And I thought the same thing, man. I was like, where is Claypool at? You know, why is he not being part of, you know, uh, you know, of, of the game plan? I mean, one catch for eight yards, Perez, on two targets. That's very disappointing. A Claypool, you got to involve him. You got to make him become a threat. He's got to be involved more than that. Like I said, man, he was – he to me, he was more of an afterthought. And, and, I, and I'm sorry, you don't give up a second-round draft pick to bring a guy in here and not utilize him. So I thought that was a missed opportunity by, by Getty. Now, however, I'm going to give Getty his props to the fact of finally utilizing the tight end. Now, I know there was people on Twitter, they were going crazy on Matt Nagy, saying we need to press charges against him with the FBI for what he did to Cole Commit. Because <laughs> 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 now we see Cole Commit, A-Dub, they say he's second in the NFL in touchdown score for a tight end. Cole Commit. He's only behind uh he's only behind Travis Kelsey. He did all that work in two games right there, Perez. I mean, two TDs. <laughs> right. Two TDs in this game against the Lions. And before that, he had two touchdowns. So it was like, look, this guy is a recipient. He's taking full advantage. I mean, Kelsey, like you said, done a good job incorporating him in the offense. And it looks like Justin Fields is rewarding him. So good for commit, man. The way you got is now playing. I like what I'm seeing. Hope this continues for him down the road. Because, I mean, four receptions for 74 yards and two touchdowns for us, that's a damn good game, bro. Yeah, and on that 50-yarder one, I mean, when he came back down the field on that one, bro, I lost, my damn, I lost my damn mind. I was in the pit like, cold world, baby. Cold world. That's what I call oh, I like that. God. I am loving that, friends. Cold world, baby, because that was a great route he ran. I thought it was going to go, you know, left. He ended up shooting back right. I say he's wide open, man. Boom. A bomb. Touchdown, baby. End the story. And, I mean, the best part about it, A-Dub, is that he's become such an integral part of his offense. And you can tell Justin Fields depends and leads on him. And it's a beautiful thing to see because they obviously have chemistry. We've all talked about it from training camp. The fact that Justin Fields and Cole Komet had a, a good chemistry. We've heard the same thing about Money Moon. I'm yep. still waiting to see. But we're seeing it with Cole Komet and, and, and Justin. That shit is evident. It's on full fucking display. Yeah, it's on full display. And I'm kind of glad, you know, that um, Cool Hair Luke has unlocked him in that manner. Because you uh, he'll, he'll, get, he'll get that Cool Hair Luke shit. Not today. Not today. All right. <laughs> All right. Who gets he, man? You, you there you go. Call, call, call him by his government name. Eh? My question marks. This is why I'm going to dig him a little bit. Claypool, right? Just where was he? Also, why did Luke Getty in the fourth quarter of this game get away from doing what Justin Field did best and what he was doing best in the earlier parts of the game? Luke Getty went away from the entire game plan that was successful. Yes. That's not good. Also, why the hell was Nikhil Harry inactive 
and you tried out equity and say, brother, all these, you know what I said about equity and say, Brown last week, drop the damn potential first down and Byron Pringle, who has continued to steal money. And you know, I don't like to come after guys he done, but Byron Pringle has not done anything since he's been here in Chicago. No, he has not, man. And went from building the injury list to coming back to not giving out much at all. So it's like, what are you having for? This guy's not really, you know, making an impact on this team. So it becomes a praise, like you said, man, a waste of money and a liability. Well, once again, despite it all, the Bears still had the chance to drive down the field to put the game away with points. We didn't get it done. But again, we keep talking about it. Very young team. They're learning how to win, eh, Dub? True. But, man, it's just like keep coming up short. It's just tough to see games like that where they keep coming up short. But it's a learned experience, and you know that they're going to be better for it in the future. I know a lot of fans don't want to hear that. But I think there's nothing but positives that come out of games like this. But I will tell you, I was a little more frustrated with this loss than I was the last one. And I thought that with the Bears scoring 30 points, I didn't want folks to be blinded by that, to say, okay, was it still a good game because they put up 30 points? So it's like they sucked that badly, you know. How can we come out and play this poorly? Because now the 30 points don't mean much at all when you're going against a bad team anyhow. So you go out there, you don't perform well on both sides of the football, it becomes concerning. So you make a good point. You talk about this team, man. We have just not played well. It was just a tough game to watch these Bears team play. Yeah, because my point when I was talking on the previous show was the fact that while the Lions are a top 10 offense running the ball and passing the ball defensively, they can't stop anybody. And we saw that. They're terrible against the run. Justin Fields ran all over the field. I also told you guys about how their secondary is a little leaky. How they let yep. Cole Kamik get behind them. And so those were the points that I was making. Offensively, the Lions, they're okay. And we saw that. Ahmed Ross, St. Brown, we had no answer for him. 10 catches, 119 yards. The guy was open all day long. And you talked about Money Moon and also Claypool, right? Being open in the vertical, you know, the vertical routes they run and all those different things. That was my key. That, that was, was my your key. key right there, right? Guess what? St. Brown for the Detroit Lions say, you know what? Let us do that. <laughs> and they decided to do that with St. Brown. He was getting those catches like that. And what a damn thing the Bears did about it, bro. That was the sad part. But when I look at the situation with Armin Ross St. Brown, he was getting open. Uh, that Raymond cat was getting open. <laughs> that tight end Kennedy. I'm, the fucker, I'm sitting up here like, is that one of the Kennedy brothers? One low-loss nephew or something like that? How the hell he getting so damn wide open? See, that's when you know our Bears defense ain't shit. Well, you got a guy named Kennedy that's getting that open and running up the field. He had like a 40, 50-yard reception. I'm like, point to see him get that catch. And the excitement behind Detroit after that, I was like, man, this is not a good look right now. Now, I will say this, and I went to Twitter with this. The lone bright spot on defense was my boy Jack Sanborn. And we have been talking about him on this show for a while. I talked about the fact that when we traded Roquan, of like, hey, it's going to be this kid's time. Next man up mentality. And Jack Sanborn, now he may be a little slight liability in coverage, but that run game, that kid's coming up and he's going to put a hurt on somebody. And we saw that in this ball game, ain't done. But Jack Sanborn, I love what we're seeing from this kid. And you can tell the fan base, they love him. They love that mentality from him. And if he could continue to play like that, people going to be like, Roquan who? Right. <laughs> when he ran there and got that sack on golf, I said, man, Sanborn, Keep doing that, bro. That's how you're going to get a lot of fans in Chicago, baby. 
when I saw that one, I was like, God damn, I didn't know he hit that type of closing speed. I knew right. he had the physicality. But he closed <laughs> on golf, and I'm like, yeah, golf, you ain't seen that shit coming, did you? But I'm still pissed off, though, that that pick that he had got negated. They caught that hands-in-the-face bullshit on Jalen Johnson. It wasn't yeah. no hands-in-the-face. I didn't see that shit. That officiating crew was awful. And I know I've been talking way too much about bad officiating. I'm sorry, audience. I'm still jaded by the damn University of Illinois game that I covered against Purdue the other damn day. That has some of the worst officiating I've seen in my life. And then this game Sunday. I'm sitting up here like, what is going on with officiating in sports? It has gotten awful. It has really been awful this season in the NFL. And this officiating in this ball game was so questionable. They took away a damn pick from this kid. That was such an athletic play he made. It was. And he got taken away on some bullshit. I was saying he's the bright spot. Now I gotta I gotta talk about the negative. Now we got another game where we give it up with that 31 30 plus points that we gave up in this game to the Lions. We gave up 49 to the Cowboys, they ended up 35 to the Dolphins, and like I mentioned, 31 to the Detroit Lions. So the offense is doing this part, but the goddamn defense can't stop anybody. So it don't matter how how great the offense looks when the defense is on the back end just giving it up. As soon as we put it out there. Offense, I mean, a defensive line just can't really apply enough pressure on these quarterbacks. What pressure? And, right. They can't at all, man, really. <laughs> so now you got these quarterbacks just sitting out there, man, comfortable and just making clean passes. And they come back to bite you every time because now not only are they sitting in the pocket, they actually moving the chain press and they scoring. So now you talk about that. Now you're putting so much pressure on your offense to do all the right things. And your offense can't continue to carry like that, man. You ask the offense to do a little bit too much. You got to start stopping people, man. And that's what this bear, this bear defense really got to do a better job at Perez because now this has been unfortunate too many weeks in a row now where we've seen the same thing. The defense blew a two-touchdown lead in the fourth quarter. That's all you need to know about this damn defense right now. That, that can't happen. You can't have that, bro. When your offense is averaging 31 points for the last month, that should be enough to win games. We're not yeah, winning games. The thing is, people start to notice this trend that's going on, Perez. And it's happening this way. You got to do something different. You got to just look at the coaching staff and say, okay, I understand these players are young. We gave you a pass on that. What are they doing to continue to show growth? And you're not showing enough growth when you keep on giving up these kind of points, Perez. You got to do something a little bit different. You got to try to do a better job at containing. If guys are hurt, like you and I talked about, why play them? You got to be smarter. So I got to blame the coaching staff for this that's happening right now. And on top of it, Adel, we're allowing these teams to march up and down the field on us. The Lions did it again. Like I said, when I talked about that damn lone play to Kennedy, that should never happen. I'm sorry. That should never fucking happen to your defense. To your point about the pass rush, there's no pass rush. So that makes it very easy for a quarterback to pick you apart. Jared yeah. Goff was just back there in that pocket chilling. Could you imagine if Justin Fields would have had that kind of time in the pocket that Jared Goff had? Justin Fields, that pocket was breaking down as soon as he was getting the ball in his hand. Chill. That's how much time he had, man. Throw the football at times. I said, man, you can't get that guy that kind of a time. And um, be, be comfortable majority of the game like that. You're putting yourself at a disadvantage, and it came back to really bite them. Now, run defense, I was proud that they held the Lions under 100 rushing yards. That's positive. They were yep. balling up Jamal Williams. DeAndre Swift only got six carries in this game, as I mentioned in the preview pod, that he was probably not going to get a lot of reps. He's going to be on a snap count because he's nursing his way back from injury. Right. So 
Jamal Williams got the brunt of the carries. We did a really good job on stopping him. And there was some plays there with Sanborn and Jamal Williams. They was they was beating that Pizza Hut in that parking lot. Boy, they was <laughs> them two boys. They, that was a lot of contact between them two. I was like, "Woo, that's some classic NFC North football right there." That was great. It, looked, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. You can hear some of those hits out there, man. Oh they my clash. God! Yes, you could. Yes, you could. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's the thing, Sanborn. He brings the pain, baby. He brings the pain. Hey, Sanborn say, "Look, man, if I'm gonna get out here and play, I'm gonna show you all who I am." And he did. He made some made some impact plays out there. I mean, even stopping getting stopped, getting those stops for losses, Chris. I said, man, Sanborn is showing you all, man, that he's really one of those dudes. Nah, he really is. I want to go back to the offense real quick because I, we spent some time here focusing on the defense. I want to talk about some of the good that we saw in this ball game. Like I said, I'm still upset with Getty on how he utilized Chase Claypool. I thought he went away in that fourth quarter from what was working well. I didn't like that. I didn't like the decision to make Nikhil Harry inactive. So we kind of talked about some of those things. Right. I still don't understand why Equinemius St. Brown is getting a lot of these snaps. He's not <laughs> doing anything with the snaps. It's the same play calls. It's the same fucking jet sweep bullshit. He's not getting open. I'm sick of it. The offensive line, they're not getting the job done. On that last fourth down play, Justin broke four fucking sacks and then still ended up getting sacks. Give the kid a chance. Also, the play call. Give the kid a chance. Yeah. If you know that he doesn't have clean pockets, don't have him sitting back there in the damn pocket. Right. That's why I'm not calling Luke Getty no cute nickname. That's why I'm not calling Luke Getty no cool, cute nicknames. <laughs> you just Luke. <laughs> More like Lucas. That's what you are right now, sir. So, Luke? <laughs> Luke, you got to do a better job, man. Even in the beginning of the game, you did, Perez, on the first drive. I thought you made some mistakes, you know? You know, he didn't always stick with the run. He done some bad bad decision-making there um, as a um, coordinator. But at the end of the day, man, you got to do better, Luke. And I think you can't rely on the heroics of Justin Fields to continue to bail you out. Because that's right. what Justin really did, all those heroic plays. That's not what happened all the time, man. You got to call the right place. You got to move the pocket a little bit better than what you did. You kept my man Justin Fields in that pocket, and you knew damn well they wanted to keep Justin Fields in the pocket, Detroit Lions. They didn't want to see that guy get out because they know what happened. They already know how dangerous he is. Now, when I look at it, A-Dub, we all are very excited for what we're seeing with Justin. Right. But on the flip side of it, we're still seeing Justin take too many hits. We're still seeing our franchise quarterback, to me, to me in my opinion, A-Dub, I think they're putting him in unnecessary harm. And that's when I look at a guy like Getsy. I'm okay with the design quarterback runs. Right. But – I don't like the plays where Justin is taking hits for a two-yard play. What's the point of that call? That's true, man. Is it even worth that necessary? If that is that punishment even worth it for his for that short short of a play? You gotta do something different there, Luke. Let somebody else do it. I'll tell you, Perez, this is the first time I really saw Justin Fields looking a little tired from all that damn running. I mean, well, the guy sure. wouldn't you? Wouldn't you be out there <laughs> running marathons out there? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he definitely was, bro. I'm like, man, I don't see something feels get this tired, but it just shows you we put too much on him, bro. And you're right. It's just too much punishment he's taking, the hits, everything. It's all adding up. It's to the point to where Justin Fields may be doing a little bit too much. And Luke has to understand that, that hey, you can't depend on him for everything. You got to get some help, some other guys to do some work, man, to help move this offense along. 
I mean, because, you know, to, to speak to a couple injuries that we saw, Cole Komet, Khalil Herbert, we saw those guys not there on the final drive of the game. Cole Komet said nothing serious with him. And so those are things that are going to start to happen at this time of season. You're going to start to see guys getting banged up. I don't want to see my quarterback in that situation, but Justin Fields now, week 10, he's taking a lot of hits this season, a lot of hits. They want to put a hit on him to slow him down. Like, people start getting tired of it. So at some point, man, this guy keeps taking these hits. You're going to hear about Justin Fields on these injury reports, bro, and he may not be playing. And then and to my point with the injuries, so Cole Komet, he, he, he got banged up with him and Jeff Okuda collided with one another. And then Khalil Herbert, he injured his hip on that kickoff return. And I'm sitting here, like, still looking at it like, I'm kind of wanting Khalil Herbert to get off that kick return team. I think he's too valuable to the team to have him taking those type of hits and those type of collisions. Now, I do know all these y'all like, but hey, man, you see what he does on kickoff return? Oh, yeah, he makes it happen back there. But I think he's very valuable to this team. Get somebody else back there. Yeah, we're going to have to think about – I mean, the Bears are going to have to think about that, Perez, getting somebody else because Khalil Herbert is being utilized a lot, right? Um, of course, with, with carries, he only had 10 in the game, but still, he's becoming now part of of the playbook. He's a guy that's going to make plays for them, you know, at, at running the football. So, therefore, you can't wear him down. You don't want to do that either. So, the guy takes punishment, you know, running, breaking tackles that you and I talked about. All that stuff adds up. And then you got him on kickoff return as well. Guess what? He's going to take some hits there, too, if he's running out. Good to send him on a 50-yarder. That's great. But at the end of the day, how much punishment you want him to take as well? These things start to add up on all these guys after 10, 11 games. Yeah, because what we have with this Bears offense is an elite rushing attack. This is now the fifth straight game where we've gone over 200 yards rushing. A lot yeah. of that was because of Justin. But like I said, Montgomery, Herbert are still very important in that two-handed backfield. And that two-headed backfield, he does. So, Fields was nothing short of sensational running that football. You know what I mean? And I still thought that David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert, I thought they were solid. When they got carries, they yep. were moving the power forward. They averaged over four yards a carry. Hey, you can't ask for nothing much more from your running backs. But, again, that Lions run defense, as I talked about in the preview show, is one of the worst in the league. So, you expect – your running backs to have success against those guys. At the end of the day, the Bears got to continue to take full advantage of it still. I, I think Getsy has to really rein in his play call a little bit and stop putting Justin in harm's way. We're getting very excited about what we've seen, but at the most part, at the I, I'll say this, man. I'm okay with Justin 10 quarterback design runs a game if they're clean runs where he's not getting lit up at the end of the run. Because when he's going back there to pass, He's having to do so much to get open, to buy time. The receivers right. aren't getting open. It's just a lot that you're asking this young man to do. So, of course, like you said, A.W., you saw him looking tired. Shit, I was tired for him. <laughs> but I also think the one thing that I want to – well, there's also one another thing that I want to bring up. I talked about the officiating earlier, A.W., but I thought that some of the penalties that the Bears got in this game were – they were those untimely penalties. And – one of the things that you and I were talking about with this team in preseason, we talked about how Matty Bafloos and his team, they weren't penalized heavily. They weren't making a lot of mistakes. Well, now we're starting to see that this team is starting to have a lot of costly penalties. Now, we played disciplined football for most of the season, but on Sunday that was not the case. Eight turnovers on the game, that's the most that they had all season. Now, I will admit, 
that some of them are questionable. I talked about the Jalen Johnson one. That was some bullshit. But in critical moments of a ball game, you have to be smart. Kyler Gordon, you can't be doing that dumb shit that you did in that ball game. I'm sorry. I understand that you want to be physical. But, man, if you want to make something happen, when you come in on a blitz, don't get juked out by fucking Jared Goff. Right. They don't compound that mistake by then getting a cheap 15-yard penalty at the end. Because you know this officiating crew is awful, and they call the bullshit call on that, but don't allow them the opportunity to call something like that on you. It was just yeah. sloppy. Turnover, I mean, penalty-wise, we were just sloppy, a No, we were sloppy, man. And I'm glad you called out Gordon because, Gordon, you had no business being over there trying to you – know, you see golf out of bounds. You go over there, I think he's going for the ball. Even still – don't put yourself in harm's way. You know better, man. You know they quick to call those kind of plays in favor of quarterbacks. Stay your ass away. He should have known better on that part of it. And then look at the fact of the offensive line at times. You saw Braxton Jones pick up a holding penalty press. Yep. You go back to the first drive. That hurt. We had to settle for three points there because guess he called some tough plays afterwards. But still, it all got hit back because the Braxton Jones holding. So, and then you got the, the cold commit, the face mask right there, Prince, that kind of hurt that drive too. So, you got things like that occurring, man, that really just hurting this team. And then you look at Lamar Jackson, he picks up the pass interference, right? That ended up leading to a touchdown for the Lions. So, these things here have big impacts, Prince, that could have potentially led to scoring drives, man. And now, it hurt us on the defensive side of it when you have a pass interference because now you're fourth and two, they figured it out and made a way to score, the, the, um, score on that drive for the Lions. So, this team has to play a little bit more discipline than that, Perez, because those dis- uncharacteristic things kind of hurt this Bears team in this game. No, and, and one point that I want to bring up when you brought up with Braxton Jones, yeah, he had a rough go of it. The the holding call, you know, Aiden Hutchinson got the best of him. That pressure on Justin Fields was pretty relentless. And like I said, even on that last drive, Justin Fields got sacked twice in a row on that drive. Yeah. Can't have that. Cannot have that. You know, that Lions defense, even all that good. And they still were getting after Justin. He almost miraculously got out of that. But then he's making a play to get out of one, and he's got another guy running out. Where are his linemen? They're quitting on their blocks. Give the kid a chance. And that's not what we're seeing right now. We're seeing offensive linemen that are standing around and watching the quarterback go to work. And they're forcing Justin Fields to do a lot more with his legs, man, to make something happen. You can't count on that all the time, man. You guys, offensive line, got to be better. You all got to bail him out sometimes. Uh, sometimes. They need to do their fucking job. Now, I, will, <laughs> I will say, in the run game, they, they get it done. I'm not even going to hold them there. They, they get it done in that run game. But pass protection-wise, nah, man, they, they are not holding up their end of the bargain, A-Dub. And it's just it's tough to see because Justin has to be frustrated, just not just with the loser. But nobody wants to get hit that much. I'm sorry. Like, no. I'm not even out there taking those hits. And I'm sitting here like, that's a, that's a lot. That's a lot for that one person to take. That's a lot of punishment. And hopefully Lou Getzey finds a way to get Clay, Claypool on the field more than 19 snaps. That's unacceptable. That was below what he did his first week. So what the hell? Now we're trending backwards for the guy that Ryan Poles went out there and got? No, that's unacceptable. Get this guy on the fucking field. Get him involved. He needs to have a role in that game against the Falcons. He should have had a role in this game against the Lions. I'm going to keep saying that shit because that pissed me off. I'm sitting up here like thinking in my head, where's Claypool? I'm right. not seeing him on the field enough. Why the hell is Equinemius St. Brown on the field so much? 
the fuck is going on here? Exactly. <laughs> that don't make any sense at all, man. Get Claypool on that field. And then defensively, I just feel like Allen Williams, he don't have much to work with. Now, I know that we've been going after this defense. But, I mean, they traded away some very talented <laughs> guys from this defense. True. He just don't have the answers, man. He, he just don't have the answers. <laughs> You remember what Kanye told Sway, you ain't got the answer, Sway. But that's right, right now what I'm saying to Alan Williams. You ain't got the answer, you hey, do not. Hey, coach, the coach deprived himself of making adjustments, friends. I feel like now he's like, man, look, I'm running the options right now. Making adjustments just not what I'm able to do at this point. So, but you know what? He still got to figure it out, friends. That's still on coaching. He got to find a way. I'm wondering, do you think that Alan Williams is the defensive coordinator next season? Do you think that he's done enough to, to earn that job? I think he has for us, you know, when he got some weapons on defense, he actually have made things happen. But as you saw, you were not seen the past few weeks when the weapons are starting to leave, right? Some of them. So I still think that Allen Williams done enough in the standpoint that we did have a good defense. He was good to make things happen for us. He was good at making sound adjustments, coming back and helping his best team stay in contention in, in games. But at the end of the day, he needs the, the certain players to be able to do that. Yeah, I mean, I get you, A-Dub, but I'm just looking at this pass rush. I'm looking at the secondary. Teams are just, you know, <laughs> just going at us. <laughs> but I, I do think that he probably deserves the, the benefit of having a solid, like, I think he deserves the benefit of having a solid roster of players. So we'll yeah. see what Ryan Poles does for him next season. But I will say, Mr. Williams, we, we're, we're paying attention. We're watching. Because I'm just not liking this Bears defense. This is not a Chicago Bears defense. I'm sorry. This is not what we've become. This is not what we've been accustomed to, A-Dub. And I am not going to sit here and accept this. This is not Chicago Bears football. I'm with you there, Prince. It is unacceptable. I mean, you take away the, the pick six, and you take away the turnover right, that, that fumble that led to a, a touchdown for Dallas Cowboys. We still gave up a lot of points, you know. And I think this team has to be very careful on the defensive side of it. So, Allen Williams, you got to definitely do better than this, man, with the team. Like I said, pass defense. I haven't liked what I saw. The Lions receivers were open all day long. And we knew with Armand Rossi Brown, we knew, okay, this guy was going to be a matchup problem for us. But it was the others that were getting open too. And I'm sitting here like, no, no, no. Hey, no damn way some damn Khalif Raymond is supposed to be getting some damn catches on us. We cannot be getting beat by nobody last, by last name of Kennedy. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> he said <laughs> Kennedy. <laughs> unacceptable, A.W. It's unacceptable. No, it really is, man. And this, this is where you really look at sometimes some of these plays, friends. It was like the Detroit Lions were having like second or third and long, and they were still executing, Perez. And that, to me, where those guys had to pick up big chunks of yards, those big plays, those deep balls, and, and, and do damage that way. I pride ourselves on having a decent, a solid, I thought, a solid secondary. You got to start looking at the fact that not only do you not have a good defensive team, but you also look at the coach in the mirror and say, hey, man, what are you doing? to set these guys up for success as well. Well, and that's why I asked the point about Coach Williams. So I feel yep. like, hey, the clock is ticking. You know, we, we just got to make sure that we got the right guy in that seat. You know, I True. understand about the, the talent on that defense, but, man, I need to see some signs. And right now I'm just not – I'm not seeing them, bro. I'm not seeing them. I mean, third down efficiency. Yeah. The Lions cooked us. 45% of third downs they were converting on. You can't have Ouch. that. Get off the field. Get off the field, defense. And that's where you look for Allen Williams and say, hey, man, what kind of coverages that you're putting out there? I see a lot of time for us, we in zone coverage. I mean, he has his reason why he want to do it, but it's like, come on, man. They're picking it apart. These guys have been sitting in 
finding openings in those zones for the past three, four weeks, bro. You got to do something a little bit different, man. That's all I'm saying, Perez. Whatever you got going ain't working, got to make some adjustments. Yeah, you got to because right now you're wasting the brilliance that we're seeing in Justin Fields. I mean, the, the fact that he's continued to have strong play at this quarterback position does not go unnoticed. Right. And here in Chicago, I mean, we've had little blips on the radar. We might have had Josh McCown have a little success back in 2013. Jake Cutler did a little bit in 2009. Mitch Trubisky was Mitch Trubisky in 2018 in that season. But we're seeing a quarterback right now here in Chicago that is putting it all on display. This defense has to complement what he's doing with this offense. It's just not fair to him for us to lose these kind of games. And I know it's not about wins and losses in the grand scheme of things because a lot of us want to top draft pick. Right. But you got to think about these guys in that locker room. A lot of these guys ain't just playing to lose. And I respect that. You want to win. You play to win the game. <laughs> That's what you do. That's facts, man. You do. You play to win, bro. At all times, I don't care what you say. That's the that's the goal. Win the win, win the football game. I can ask you about David Montgomery, man. Now I know I asked a couple weeks ago. I said, "Hey, is it time for Khalil Herbert to to get the lion's share of the carries?" And now we saw that Khalil Herbert has struggled in, in in pass block, and he struggles in blocking scenarios in general. But outside of David Montgomery being a better pass blocker, what are we seeing out of David Montgomery? I think he's been he's been okay, but he hasn't been the David Montgomery that we've grown to love. And I still love 32. But yeah. I have to also put my heart to the side for a second, and I got to be Prez for a second here. <laughs> 32 ain't been showing us much at all, Prez. And I expect him to be better. He's been mediocre, bro. That's why I'll call it right now. And um, he hasn't been the same, man. But now he's shitting with Khalil Herbert. Is that part of it slowing him down? I don't know, Perez. But at, at some point, Montgomery, you got to be better, man, if you want those carries. Because as Perez talked about it, Khalil Herbert has been a lot sharper than you um, thus far. So you want that job, man. Got to bounce back. And you never know what the Bears going to do when it's time for contract time. You know, you don't know how they're going to go, how they're going to feel about retaining you. So, at the end of the day, man, you just got to be better, Montgomery. Got to be better. It's Ryan Poles, A-W. You know which way this is going. But <laughs> outside that game against the Packers where Montgomery went over 100 yards in the game, I just don't see that he's running with that same burst and steam that he's run in previous years. And I wonder if he's still injured. Because you remember when he hurt his knee last year. Yeah. To me, he has not looked the same since that knee injury. That is a very good point, Perez about that knee injury. I don't quite see the burst. That's what you're hitting on right there. But I also don't see him breaking tackles like he used to either. So it's like, hey, had it caught up with him, bro. And that's why I don't know for certainly. But right now, the play ain't there. I mean, I kind of feel like the best value for him right now, and I hate to say this about him, is if the Bears need a couple of, of hard yards, maybe two or three yards, they get a ball of Montgomery in that moment and see what he can get going as opposed to forcing Justin to take that type of punishment. You put Montgomery back there to get that hard third and two yeah. conversion or, or fourth and two or whatever you decide to do. But right outside of that, Khalil Herbert is already showing you that he's the more explosive back. Like I said, the thing that's holding Khalil Herbert back right now is the block. So, But to your point with David Montgomery, man, I kind of feel bad for the guy, Perez, because he is a fan favorite here in Chicago. Yeah, I like all the work he put into becoming a good running back. I mean, when he was the, the lone soldier, Perez, how he held things down 
But to see now how things are starting to decline a little bit with them, Prez, you kind of feel bad for them. No, I mean, yeah, of course. You know how we feel about Montgomery. And listen, fans and listeners, I'm not trying to pile on the guy. I love this kid. He's done a tremendous amount of good for the Bears, not just on the football field, but off the field. Dave Montgomery right. is a good guy, really good guy. For real. But I have to just tell you guys that when you look on film, you just don't see the same Montgomery from 2021, 2020. It's you just, don't. I feel like something's up. I feel like it's something up. Now, let me get off Montgomery. I talked earlier about Equinemy and St. Brown. I just don't know why we're not getting to see Nikhil Harry. Now, I know that some people will say, well, Perez, you do the film breakdowns. Yes, I do. And I will admit that on film breakdowns, you see Equinemy and St. Brown is a really good blocker. So he helps open up a lot of those runs. We've seen Justin Fields and Herbert be the recipient of some of those good blocks from Equinemius. But Nikhil Harry is also a good run blocker. And he's got more upside in the pass game. So I don't understand what they're doing there. Maybe they're trying to, like, slowly ramp him up. But come on, man. It's it's got to come to a point where you show where we can see what Nikhil Harry has to offer. You gave up draft capital to bring him in here. You, br- you gave up draft capital to bring Chase Claypool in here. Let's go. Let's see what the hell these guys can do with this system. Open it the fuck up. Because I'm with you, Prince. I've seen enough of St. Brown. <laughs> and I, I've been disappointed in him. I wouldn't mind seeing more of Nikhil Harry. Let's see what this guy really can do. I mean, we got to let Chase Stephen when he got that touchdown. I love that grab, man. I was happy for him. But I want to see more of him, what he can bring. I'd rather see a Nikhil Harry in those crunch time situations, Prince, when we need a catch. So I think that guy can bring something, but it's up to Luke to give him a chance, man. Let's see Nikhil Harry. Let's see more Claypool. That's what we want to see. Oh, I think it's up to Luke from a game plan standpoint, but hey, uh, Matt Eberflus also is, is the, the orchestrator of this roster. He's the one that's making the decision on that 53, man. So I think that what they need to do is sit down as a whole staff and realize, oh. hey, what are we doing here? <laughs> this guy should not be an actor. We need to see what we got. If Ryan Poles needs to get in the mix and, and put his two cents in, which if he, if they do, you're going to see the QA reactive against the Falcons because there's no way he should have been inactive in that ball game. Equinemia and St. Brown didn't even get targeted in the pass game yesterday. So what's the <laughs> point? It's a waste, bro. A <laughs> waste of snaps for him. You should not even get targeted, bro. So I'm with you, man. They got to sit down as a staff to look at this roster again and say, hey, from the wide receiver standpoint, who's going to get the snaps? And let's go from there, really, Fred. So I like where you're going with that, bro. That's a good point, man. And we want to see some of these other wide receivers get an opportunity. And for sure, I would love to see more of the kill heavy, bro. All right, A-Dub, let's give out some game balls before we get up out this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. My office game ball, man, it's going to go to your boy, Cold World, man. Cold World. Cold Yes, sir, bro. I love what I saw from him, man. And people were talking about how this guy couldn't get separation, all those different things, man. Hey, look, Cole Commit made some good plays for the Bears. Got a couple of touchdowns that were huge in the game in general. I like what this guy been doing. That's four TDs in two games, man. Cole Commit, keep doing what you're doing, bro. Listen, man, he's found new life these past three weeks because I'll take it back another week when he scored that other touchdown. So five touchdowns, three games. I mean, ooh, wow. I mean, dude, he's been really instrumental in his offense. I hope that he's okay because when he was limping off the field yesterday, I was kind of like, oh, shit, just when we were starting to see that potential starting to sprinkle out there. 
Now he's already getting now he's getting hurt. I don't like seeing that. But hopefully it's it's minor. You know right. what I mean? Because he led us in catches, yards, and obviously had those two touchdowns. So that is a great game ball recipient. Third game in a row, he scored a touchdown, bro. That streak continues. Keep it going, Cole. Yes, sir. I mean, I got to give mine though number one again. I gave it to him last week. I got to give it to him again, man. Justin Fields, I'm giving you this game ball, sir. Thank you so much for making my Sundays enjoyable again, sir, because it was tough there last season watching those Bears <laughs> games. I feel sorry for you, sir, when you were getting hit when that last regime, because I will not say that man's name, my name again, but we already know who he is, public enemy number one. They got to put <laughs> Justin Fields in harm way last season. The one thing I have to give Lou Getty a little credit on, A-Dub, is the fact that he's allowing Justin to do what he does best. He's allowing Cole Commit to do what he does best. I just want to see you do a little bit more, Luke. Just want to see you do a little bit more. But back to my game bar recipient, Mr. Justin Fields. Mr. Uno. He continues to be one of the major bright spots of this team this season, A-Dub. I mean, every week, he's breaking more records. I mean, that's got to be a great feeling. I know he don't focus on the, on that type of stuff. But you know what, Justin? After the season, you're going to sit back and you're going to be like, you know what? Damn, I had a good season. I'm smashing NFL records, breaking Bears records. He's doing it all. I mean, that 67-yard touchdown run, A-Dub, I lost my voice. <laughs> I bet you did. <laughs> oh, my God. That was some exciting shit, bro. That was exciting. I'm like, who shot him out of that cannon? That there is how you respond to a mistake. And like I said, they have put him in less than ideal situations, A-Dub, he is continuing to produce. That is the most important thing, and not, and not enough people are talking about that fact, how he's producing with what's around him. I mean, this guy has escaped a lot of traffic, extended plays for his, and made some things happen out of nothing, bro. I mean, these are broken plays at times. And he's been escaping, doing some great things with his legs. And also with his arm, too, as I mentioned before. But, man, it's just a joy to watch, man, to see Justin Fields do all that with the weapons he has. I just can't wait, man, to this Bears team give him some weapons to work with Perez consistently. I mean, we ain't trying to work Claypool winning, but that's not enough right now. But when he get full help, get full fully gone, that's going to be a big uh, piece to it. But I tell you what, as long as he's getting better, and they put the right weapons around them, a better offensive line, I can see a lot more than what we see now, Perez, if the Bears do that. Well, they got to use Claypool first and foremost. I don't think they're doing enough of a job of working him in. So that's step one. Step right. two, Nikhil Harry needs to be active. We need to have the best options out there on that field. If Byron Pringle can't get it done, then sit his ass. <laughs> sit him over there with Bellis Jones. That's facts, man. All right, man. My defensive game ball is going to my boy, Jack Sanborn. <laughs> Undrafted rookie, Jack Sanborn. Oh, he had him a day. I talked about him earlier, audience, so I'm not going to belabor the point here, but this kid right here was the victim of a bogus-ass penalty. Bogus-ass penalty. Mm. But I'll tell you one thing, man. He has been a really good consolation prize after we traded the Red World Quad. I think his future here in Chicago ain't up. It's going to be very bright. For sure. I like what this guy was doing in that game. Picked up a couple of sacks. 
I mean, that's just phenomenal. I like this kid here, man. I'm quite sure he's going to continue to get better and bring that energy. But I'll tell you, the guy with with Perez in this game, who I thought get my defensive game ball, I went with Morrow. I thought he played well. Diggins Morrow, yes sir. Yeah, he came out. Him and Sanborn, there was no joke in this game, Perez. They made some big stops, man. I'll tell you, Perez. I was like, man, I saw that tackle for a loss that Morrow got out there. I think it was on Swift, bro. I was like, damn, that's a good one right there. Uh, but it just shows you that those two guys, Sanborn and Morrow, to me, I thought they really stood out. But I got to get to Morrow because he actually came and played his butt off two in that game, Perez. And he was out there making some big plays. And how about that play that he made at the goal line? I think that's the one you were talking about on Swift. Yeah. That was a hell of a play. That was a hell of a play. <laughs> I was like, came out of nowhere on them. I said, I love that speed, that burst on that. Called Swift snoozing. Gotcha, baby. Set him down quickly. Yes, sir. Thought you was getting in that end zone. Nicholas Morrow was like, not today. <laughs> not today. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your underperformer, man, for week 10? I didn't want to do this, man. But my underperformer for week 10 is Matt Eberflus. Ooh, talk to me, Goose. I'm talking to Eberflus because this is the one of the few times I've seen this Bears team play undisciplined press on offense and on defense. Hell, even on special teams at times, right? We even saw Patrick Scales pick up a damn penalty. It's like, come right. on, man, too much is happening on your watch, Matt Eberflus. You got to do something about all this, man. Got to make some changes going forward, right? Talk about your his principles all the time. Hey, you got to break them back, baby. Got to do all the little things as well and make sure these guys are doing the right things going forward to prevent these penalties. This one goes on you, Matt Eberflus. Hey, Dub, I, hey, listen, I ain't got nothing to say on that one because I agree. I, I thought Eberflus, I didn't even think Getsy could have got a little bit of that. You know, I'm not right. going to give him on to perform but I definitely picked it over here on this episode. <laughs> Understandable, bro. I get it. I got to go Jalen Johnson. I know he's playing hurt, but he had a really rough game. Really rough game. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to even say nothing about that bogus-ass penalty because that was some bullshit. But it's just the fact that his struggles at pass coverage. I mean, he yeah. was getting cooked out there, bro. He did. <laughs> and I talked about what happened to him against the Dolphins game when I kept saying how 33, we kept seeing the back of his jersey. I kept seeing Johnson. I'm like, that ain't good. That ain't good. Right. And he got bailed out on that throw by Tua, as I talked to you about, because if Tua would have threw that thing out in front of Waddle last week, that would have been a long-ass touchdown. It would have been, for sure. So, Jalen, I hate to do this to you because you know I love you, bro. I love you. <laughs> but I got to keep it a buck. Now, I know he's playing through that injury, so I want to make sure I preface that. But come on now. This is year three. We need him to be CB1. And right now, I'm not seeing CB1 over there on that side. I'm not seeing. And it was kind of sad to see him out there playing that way because it was unusual. It was uncharacteristic, Chris. To see him get beats and slants like that, I was like, come on, man. That was just too easy, bro. Oh, he's getting and, cooked. Uh, he's getting cooked. Yeah, he was getting cooked, man. And um, it, it does make you think, Briz, of how hurt he is really playing because you just don't see the same guy, bro. So if he's not to the level what's expected of him to perform at a high level, you hit a good point earlier, Briz. Got to sit his ass down, too. I mean, just, like, let him get healthy because right now he ain't doing us no favors by playing like that, and he ain't doing himself no favors. So if he hurt, let him sit out. You know what I'm saying? Hey, salute to him for gutting it out, but no, sit. sit. Right. But they one of them young guys, you know what I mean? Because, like I said, he was getting toasted out there, and I, I didn't like seeing that. Now, <laughs> if I had an honorable mention audience, you got an ass for him, but I, I was going to say, if I had an honorable mention underperformer for week 10, 
It's that damn Bears pass protection, they dug. Ooh. It's been a concern all season. When I saw that Tevin Jenkins was out, I was like, ah, oh, we're fucked. <laughs> you kind of knew it going in, friends. Like, uh-oh, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be one of them days. And even against that Lions mediocre-ass pass rush, Justin Fields still got sacked three times. Come You're on. Right. And I'll tell you, man, you already called out Hutchinson, friends. You see how good he was, bro. You caught him on the pre-show. He was very bit of that in this game here because part of it was we had no good pass protection. So he was able to really get out there and um, cause some problems with Justin Fields. But you're right. Overall, this O-line got to get better and got to be better. Yeah, because Braxton Jones, I mean, in this game, he struggled. Those holding calls that you called out earlier, but in pass protection, he just didn't look good. And Hutchinson beat him on that one sack. He never had a chance. Well, listen, audience. We are on to the Falcons. We are traveling down there to Georgia to take on Ryan Pace and his Atlanta Falcons. And it's a lot of former Bears on that roster, A-Dub. I was thinking about that. Not just Patterson. There's a lot of former players. The Beer Bird I saw was on that roster. I'm like, man, that's like the Chicago Bears South over there with the Falcons. <laughs> yeah, man, we'll, we'll see what happens, man, facing the Falcons. This is a matchup here, audience, that A-Dub and I are going to preview here in a couple days. I need to watch a little bit more film on the Falcons. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I want to break down what they're doing on offense right now. I did watch the game last week, and I saw that they didn't really utilize Cordero Patterson as much as they could have. And I'm wondering if Patterson, is, if they're working him back, you know, slowly from that knee injury that he had earlier in the season. Yeah. But I want to watch a little film, and I just want to see what they're doing there on offense before I kind of speak more to it. But I will just say – Looking at this matchup here, the Bears should be in a, in a favorable position, but I just want to do a little more homework before I speak on this matchup. Hey, bro, looking forward to the homework job there, bro. I don't know, man. I, I just think that we have a lot to be thankful for with this ball club. The fact that we're going into next season, they dub with all that cap space, with the draft capital, with a quarterback in tow. That's half the battle. Could you imagine if we had Justin Fields in 2018? Mm. Just think about that for a second. If we had Justin Fields that season, we would have went to the Super Bowl. That team was missing a quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, definitely was, man. He could have been a difference maker, especially the way he's playing right now. That would have been huge. Now, I know some people are arguing. They're like, yeah, but that fucking coaching staff wouldn't have utilized him the right way. You're probably right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> You're probably fucking right. Because that shit had me dying when that fucking son of a bitch was trending on Twitter yesterday. And I'm not saying his name on this show because I told y'all this. <laughs> I am not talking about him. No, I will insinuate about him. But I'm just going to say this, A-Dub. We're in a good spot here. I know a lot of fans don't want to see us continue to lose games. But at the end of the day, I just feel like offensively, we're seeing things that we have not seen on a consistent basis in a very long time. That gives me... A lot to be thankful for. Now, defensively, you know, we'll see what they do this offseason. <laughs> but right, right. now, <laughs> that defense, my goodness, it is not good. But to your point, Perez, this team has been much competitive this season than it have been in the previous seasons, man. I mean, really, Perez, look at a lot of these games here. You can see the Bears have been in a lot of these games, even if they came up short, bro. So right. to me, it's a, it may be able to contain – these kind of losses here, bro, they're seeing us getting blown out, and we're looking like, God damn, you know? That has not been happening like that this season. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Well, audience, 
We appreciate you guys and your continued support on our platform. Thanks, as always, for your listens. We don't take them lightly. Thanks for helping make us a top-tier Chicago Bears podcast. We're on to Atlanta. We're going to talk to you all later in the week. We out.